This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hi, I'm Adam Berkmans, and today we're making African Wild Hog Puikikos. This recipe was created by Justin Townsend, Editor-in-Chief at Harvesting Nature. He writes... This recipe finds its inspiration from a South African warthog poiki recipe. Poikikos is translated to mean small pot food. This method of cooking became popular in Southern Africa with the arrival of the Dutch settlers. The poiki was a commonly used cooking vessel made of cast iron with three legs. As people traveled throughout their wilderness, they would shoot animals for food and use the poiki to prepare evening stews commonly made up of venison, warthog, rabbit, and other tasty animals. I did not have the traditional poiki on hand, so I used my Dutch oven in the oven to prepare this meal. You could easily prepare this dish in a slow cooker or even over the coals of an open fire. I always keep the shanks of animals, but if you need, you can always use stew meat or cut up roast to make this dish. For seasoning, they would use a wide variety of flavors. In this dish, I used a spice bun from Northern Africa to season the stew. Dukkha is a nut and herb seasoning commonly found in Egyptian and Middle Eastern cuisine. This mixture can add great flavor to a variety of wild game, so be sure to save the excess from this recipe. Thanks, Justin. Poikikos has a very interesting history, which is worth discussing a bit here. It is a stew made in a poiki, or small pot, in Afrikaans, a Dutch-derived language spoken in Southern Africa. Poiki is spelled P-O- T-J-I-E, and is pronounced poiki. Poikikos, or small pot food, is the name of the stew cooked in a poiki. English speakers will often say poiki pot, redundant but alliteratively pleasing. As Justin noted, a poiki is a cast iron pot with a lid, three legs, and a rounded bottom. The rounded bottom differentiates them from traditional Dutch ovens, which are flat-bottomed. 
The lid is recessed, allowing room for coals to be placed on top, creating an oven effect. The pot also has a handle with which to lift or hang the pot over coals. These pots do an incredible job of holding in heat and tend to cook gently and evenly. The pots come in different sizes with numbers on the lids and rings around the base. If you multiply the rings by the number on the pot, it will let you know how many the poikikos should feed. For example, if you have three rings on the number four pot, a full pot will feed 12 people, three times four. If you were to only fill the pot up to the second ring, the sous should feed eight people. Nifty, eh? It's funny to me that a poiki is different than a Dutch oven since it was the Dutch themselves that first introduced the pots and the dish to the region. The story of how it got there takes us back to the siege of Leiden in the Netherlands during the Eighty Years' War between the Dutch and the Spanish in the 1500s. To break the siege, the Dutch breached the dikes in the area, flooding out the Spanish encampment. Legend has it that the Spanish left behind floating cooking vessels that still had bits of cooked vegetables in them. The hungry besieged combined and layered the vegetables in Dutch ovens to heat up and share. This dish became known as hutzpot and is where we get the English term hodgepodge today. By the 1600s, the Dutch had colonized parts of South Africa, bringing with them Dutch ovens and the now popular dish hutzpot. Many of the Dutch, mostly retired Dutch East India Company workers, settled in the new region, mixing their language, customs, and culture with the local people and also the enslaved peoples, mostly from Indonesia and Malaysia, that they brought with them. As with any example of colonization, there was also an unimaginable amount of blood spilt. Eventually, the British took over on the coast, forcing the Dutch, who became known as Voortrekkers, into the interior of the country. This was in around the 1800s. These Voortrekkers, also known as Boers and eventually Afrikaners, were pioneers marching along in wagon trains as they looked for a new place to settle into. And as with any example of pioneers, there was also an unimaginable amount of blood spilt. During their migration, the Voortrekkers would shoot wild game that they came across in the bushveld, including various types of impala and deer, warthogs, bush pigs, rabbits, and guinea hens. At the end of the day, a new layer of meat, and vegetables if available, would be added to the specially made Dutch ovens, or poikies, cooked down over the fire and enjoyed for supper before moving on the next day. This dish very much resembled a meaty, traditional hutzpah. Large split bones would also be added, flavoring the stew and adding the nutritious marrow. Often certain curry-like spice blends would also be added, mostly inspired by the Cape Malay spice blends created by the enslaved peoples in the original Dutch colony in Cape Town. People in contact with the Voortrekkers, like the Zulu, adopted the poiki as well, often using it to cook the ubiquitous cornmeal that they ate with every meal. They called the pots futu. Modern-day poikikos are usually made for outdoor social gatherings, sometimes alongside braai, the South African mixed grill. To make it properly, one sets the poiki over coals and adds oil to the pot. Meat, usually lamb nowadays, gets added and browned in the oil, and then layers of vegetables like potatoes, mealies or sweet corn, sweet potatoes, butternut squash, onions, etc. get added in individual layers. Liquid generally isn't added, though some cooks may add a splash of beer or stock. A real poikikos differs from a traditional stew in the fact that it is never stirred. 
Each layer should be distinct once the lid is eventually opened. A poikikos is usually cooked for up to 6 hours, which leaves a lot of time for socializing and a few beers as it cooks. The resulting dish is usually served with rice or pap, a cornmeal dish similar to polenta and enjoyed outside around the fire. I actually own a poiki myself and have cooked with it over the coals of my backyard to much acclaim. My brother-in-law is from South Africa and him and my sister-in-law brought a poiki pot all the way to Canada with them on a visit as a special gift for me. How great is that? Thanks again Tom and Evie. If you don't have generous family members willing to lug heavy cast iron pots across the Atlantic for you, you may just have to order your own online. You could also make do with a traditional Dutch oven, which Justin did with his wild pig recipe. Judging by how delicious it looks, I think it did just fine. This recipe serves 4 to 6 people. It takes about 3 to 4 hours to make. You'll need a poiki or Dutch oven and a spice grinder to make this recipe. It can be made with any wild game shanks, stew meat, or cut up roasts. Ingredients For the dukkha spice 1 tablespoon chopped hazelnuts 1 tablespoon chopped almonds 2 tablespoons sesame seeds 1 tablespoon coriander seeds 1 tablespoon cumin seeds half a teaspoon fennel seeds half a teaspoon black pepper seeds half a teaspoon salt for the stew 2 tablespoons of oil 4 wild pork or venison shanks salt and pepper 1 quarter pound pork trezo sausage 2 carrots peeled and chopped 2 celery stalks chopped 1 onion chopped 1 cup of fresh chopped pumpkin or squash 4 potatoes peeled and quartered 1 leek washed and sliced 2 garlic cloves minced 2 sprigs of thyme 1 sprig of rosemary 4 tablespoons of ducta spice 1 teaspoon of coriander 1 teaspoon of cumin 1.5 cups of red wine 4 cups of wild game stock 2 tablespoons of honey 4 dried apricots To prepare for the ducca spice, bring a small pan over medium heat. Add all the spices and stir continuously for 2 to 5 minutes or until the spices begin to toast. Use a coffee grinder, food processor, or mortar and pestle to grind the spices into a fine powder. Set aside for use later. For the stew. Bring your oven to 350 degrees. Bring a Dutch oven to medium-high heat on the stovetop. Amply season the pork shanks with salt and pepper. 
Add the oil to Dutch oven and let it come to heat. Once hot, sear each side of the shanks until lightly brown. Remove and set aside. Reduce heat to medium and add the chorizo. Cook until browned. Stir in the carrots, onions, celery, pumpkin or squash, potato, leek, garlic, and allow to cook for two to five minutes or until the onions begin to turn translucent. Add the duck spice, cumin, coriander, thyme, and rosemary. Stir in the red wine, stock, honey, and apricots. Mix well. Add the shanks to the top of the stew. Bring the mixture to a simmer, cover, and then place in the oven. Cook for three to four hours or until the shanks are fork tender. Remove from the oven and serve. For more great wild fishing game recipes, be sure to subscribe and follow Antler and Finn.